I went back and forth then. I'm not gonna lie to you. I had been telling God and the universe that I wanted to go out on my own. But funny thing, funny thing that happens sometimes is when you tell God or the universe, whatever it is you believe in, whatever higher power you believe in, uh, what you want, you have tests that inevitably come your way. <laughs> so here I am saying, God, let me go out on my own. And I'm getting, you know, these opportunities for half a million dollars, you know, equity on the back. And I'm just like, geez. It's finally here. Welcome to Do It With Dan, entrepreneurial philanthropist, public speaker and author, creator of the Beyond Intention Paradigm. Here is your host, Daniel Mengena. Hello, welcome to another episode of Do It With Dan. I'm your host, obviously, the guy called Dan because it's my podcast. I'm here with my home slice, Carl. Um, we were introduced by a uh, mutual friend, Jerome. Incidentally, I got to have on his podcast already. I was like, we've got to keep this rolling. I've got to bring you here and let the dreamers get to meet you. I'm excited to introduce you to him. He is a mover and shaker. He's disciplined. He's dedicated. He's a beautiful soul. Please, Carl, introduce yourself to the people. Let them know who you are and what you do. Well, Dan, brother, thanks for having me, man. It's always a pleasure being able to interface with you. The energy is always so ripe. It always makes my day. <laughs> we actually have our episode that we did dropping tomorrow. So I'm super excited for that. Nice. But yeah, man. To the Amazing. listeners. Yeah, absolutely, man. To the listeners, my name is Carl Sona. Uh, you know, I'm a guy that really believes that your dreams are out there for you. Like, literally, I really believe your dreams are waiting for you. I think the issue is, is many of us either forgot what our dreams were. Um, you know, we, we, we failed to realize at some point in our evolution that they were actual reality for us. And we just stopped moving through, towards that with, with full intention. Mm -hmm. So, so that's how I live my life, man. I mean, it, I, I went several years forgetting what my dreams were. And it wasn't until about a couple of years ago where my memory was reignited. I was re-sparked and I've been moving towards them with full passion and the utmost of intention ever since then, man. And I've never felt more alive then. And that's the beautiful thing that I really want to share with you and with the audience today. I don't care how hard that uphill battle is. It's so worthwhile because you feel alive, right? You start, mm -hmm. you start wondering less about what you can do. And you start seeing what it is you're capable of as you take those obstacles head on. So mm -hmm. that's what I do on a day to day, man. And, you know, as a result, some beautiful things are starting to happen. Great people mm -hmm. like you are starting to come to my life and my projects are slowly, slowly, but surely starting to really take um, a tremendous amount of shape. And, and, you know, we got mm -hmm. some great things cooking that we can talk about a little bit later on in the conversation. Fabulous. 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 So let's rewind a little bit because like me, child of immigrants, um, like me, family did the best to give us the best shot in life to go forward. But then like me, you also like, I'm going to leave the standard traditional known yeah. path and go and forge my own road. So Crazy. let's talk a little bit more about that because <laughs> why, what I love is that people, so I've seen these, you've probably seen these memes too, right? Where they say, oh, the only way that people get wealthy is by inheriting it or treading on the backs of the working class and, you know, all this kind of stuff. But you're again, another example of no, nothing was handed to us, but we also yeah. didn't dog eat dog kill or be killed to create what we've been able to create there's actually been a harmonious really expansive journey so why don't you talk a little bit more about the journey and how you got to be the car owner that's here with us today yeah absolutely man well it goes back to roughly about five or six years of age um that's when i first realized what my dream was 
as I mentioned in the mm-hmm. opening segment, I had forgotten, but let me take you back to age five or age six. So age five or age six, you know, I'm one of five, but I really grew up as an only child. Uh, my parents took quite a bit of time off from the first couple of kids and the last couple. <laughs> so I grew up in a small two bedroom apartment, what you would probably call a flat Dan, uh, in yeah. <laughs> the suburbs of DC with my parents who had just immigrated probably two or three years prior from Cameroon, which is a small country in West Africa. Now, we very much believe that it takes a village to raise a child. So when my parents came to America, it was literally like them winning the lottery, right? Mm -hmm. Even though they were busting their butts, working three or four jobs, obviously raising me and then going to school themselves. For everybody back home that we left, immediate relatives, cousins, aunts, uncles, and so on and so forth, they look at us as if we won the lottery. So they're expecting us to provide for them, right? Mm -hmm. And it was Mm -hmm. really no sweat off my parents' back because that's just how we are wired. So I'll never forget being roughly five years old. I'm sitting on the edge of my bed. I'm getting ready for school the next morning. My parents were really big on education. So they sent me to private school, you know, my entire upbringing, even though it was a Mm -hmm. bit of a stretch. And I'm hearing them speaking to one of my aunts on a long distance call. You know, these are the days of long distance and you know, <laughs> having to use a phone card. Yeah, the scratch, off, scratch off the phone card, yeah. <laughs> and because the line is so staticky, they are yelling at the top of their lungs. We don't mm-hmm. have enough money to send back for tuition fees this semester. And this was in regards to one of my uh, cousins back home, you know, probably around the same age of me. So here I am, Dan, I'm sitting on the edge of my bed. I'm looking at my school uniform, neatly pressed for the next morning. And I'm like, damn, how is it that I'm in this fortunate position where I'm going to school tomorrow? You know, and again, I grew up in a household where education was literally pressed on me as go to school, get educated and everything else will take care of itself. Like that was the narrative. So I'm thinking, wow, I'm way more fortunate than somebody in my immediate family line that's going without. Mm -hmm. And right then and there, I made the decision that I was gonna do everything that I could to pull myself up and create so much abundance in my life that it would flow over to where I could Mm -hmm. help other people, right? I could pass it on Mm -hmm. to other people, whether it be in my family or beyond. And and, and that's Mm -hmm. where the whole thing started, bro. That's where it all started Mm -hmm. for me. I just wanna pay attention to bring light to a couple of things. Your parents didn't send you to private school because they were they were they had it like that. They broke their backs to give you that opportunity. Because again, same thing, right? My parents were supporting people back home. We were like the transition house. When people were coming into England, they come and stay with us for a little while, right? They, they oh. we had cousin after cousin after. We always had a cousin that was on their way through, and we get them set up and whatever, whatever. But your parents went a step beyond and were like, we're investing in our son. We're going to make sure that he has that. Because a lot of people, again, when they hear that you went to private schooling, oh, well, look at him, obviously. But you weren't from some extraordinary, ex-rich family. They were working multiple jobs in order to give you that opportunity. They put in work to make sure that this was available to you. Real talk, bro. It was a grind. I mean, when I got to high school age, 
my dad sent me to an all boys prep school. It was like the most prestigious all boys prep school in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, um, after we had left mm-hmm. the East Coast. And I remember, man, no joke, he would give me a check, roughly seven to $8,000 every other semester to go pay my own tuition. And I used to be like, man, like, why is this guy giving me this check when he could just send it in or wire it or whatever? The process. But he wanted me to be a part of the process. He wanted me to really understand what went into me being able to attend such a Mm. prestigious school, right? With networking opportunities Mm -hmm. and academic opportunities and the list goes on and on. And I think more Mm -hmm. importantly, he wanted me to really understand that he was placing a bet on me, you know? And Mm -hmm. I have this saying now, man, I mean, if you can bet on yourself, how do you expect other people to, you know? And so in my upbringing, I saw the reverse. I saw my parents betting on me. And so mm-hmm. when I started, when I started having some success in my professional life, I was like, man, dude, there's a big return on investment that's owed, you know, not just to mm-hmm. myself, not just to my family, but to the thousands, hopefully millions of people I'll go on to help and ultimately to my maker. So I was like, yo, mm-hmm. let, me, let me roll up my sleeves and get to work here. You know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the seeds of greatness mm-hmm. have been planted. It's time to go, it's time to go cre- create <laughs> that so ROI. Good. And you don't do exactly. that. You, you don't do that by having blinders on and simply focusing on yourself and your own selfish mm you know, desires, whether that be climbing the corporate ladder or whatever, you you do that by going out and finding big problems to solve. And so that, Mm -hmm. that's, that's the name Mm -hmm. of the game for me these days, Dan. Mm -hmm. I love that. I love that. Just out of interest, selfishly kind of asking for me as someone who's now a father, um, how has this experience inspired you in terms of any thoughts that you have about being a parent going forward and how you're going to navigate those waters? Very beautiful question. I am not yet a father, but I literally am going to pick up an engagement ring right after this recording. <laughs> and my girlfriend and I are, you know, we're, we're very family oriented. As I just mentioned to you offline, you know, we just spent mm-hmm. a, a week with the family. So mm-hmm. being parents is something that we have, you know, a number of conversations around even to this day, because we, we like to start with the end in mind. So mm-hmm. While I don't have children of my own right now, something that I've noticed, I'd say over the last nine to 12 months, I just turned 30 a few months ago, is that as I'm making decisions now, Dan, I'm thinking about my future family, even though they're not Mm -hmm. here. Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. I'm thinking about what types of lessons, what type of role model I'm Mm -hmm. going to be to my own children. And when I think about the kind of children I'd love Mm -hmm. to raise, especially here in America, you know, there's a lot going on. There's a lot going on in the entire world. That's a whole nother podcast in and of itself. (laughs) You know, I I really want to be able to raise children that aren't afraid to have a vision, you know, a very Mm -hmm. big, audacious vision, and that are willing to fight for that vision and that are willing to run hard and fast and however long it requires to get to that vision. I think that's something that's been lost in a lot of generations as of late. And so how do I teach that if I myself have not lived that? And that's my problem with the educational system here in America. I know I'm taking a little bit of a tangent here, but all too often you're learning from people that haven't done the thing that they are teaching you how to do. So business school have never owned a business. (laughs) Right, right, man. It's it's so backwards. And so I look at this opportunity right now as um, a great chance for me to develop and mold myself so that I actually have that lived experience to be able to pass on to my future children. 
And, mm-hmm. you know, it starts with being able to lead yourself first and foremost. You want to lead a lot of people, yeah. lead yourself first and foremost. Yourself so first. that's how a lot of my decisions, the other day. exactly. Man. That's how a lot of my decisions are being made these days. And it's been a very beautiful transition for me too. Because I've had times where I've struggled with getting myself motivated. But when you do it for somebody else, man, it just makes it all that much more worthwhile. Amazing, amazing. Now, I just want to first and foremost, congratulations in advance on the older brother. Thank you. I'll have, to, I'll have to talk to you offline about some ideas as far as executing <laughs> the ass. We'll, we'll do that. We'll, we'll do that. We'll do that. We'll do that. We'll do that. Yeah, man. So, again, if you didn't come from something special, you came from just hard work and belief in you. It was the, it almost feels for me that like when I talk about taking some anchored actions to support belief, your parents weren't just like, oh, go and be educated and blah, blah, blah. They're like, no, go and be educated. And here's the embodiment of our belief in your capacity to do something with the education that we're inviting you to do. We're inspiring you by, like you said, placing the bet on you and bringing you into the process and allowing you to be energetically a part of the transfer of that wealth that was going from their hard work over to the school. So you were, and I do believe that actually had something to do with it because it's very difficult. I think for someone who sees their parents working to give them something and then is a part of the process of the transfer of that wealth that they've created through the work going somewhere else for their benefit. I think right. psychologically there has to be a seed, even in terms of, so for example, uh, my siblings and I are working on our, the structure of our family trust at the moment. And one of the big things that I'm advocating for is that all of our kids have to do some form of a missionary work or volunteer work or in a in a privileged an underprivileged country have to go on the ground and see and number two have to do some work experience in one of our businesses and one of our enterprises so they can see that whatever benefits that they get as being our kids and what that's going to afford them it's not just some magical money that falls from the sky they they understand that there's some mechanics and process that goes in it and learn to appreciate and respect it so i just want to say mama and papa sona my heroes they're my heroes man (laughs) yeah man 100 Mm -hmm. let's transition in we've gotten gotten the education we've gone off we've done the things get into corporate killing it we can talk a bit more about about your your journey into corporate and then took the bold move to transition out and come and do things on on your own steam Let's talk a bit more about that part of the journey and, and how that's yeah. been for you and what it's meant for you. Man, transitions, you know, I don't think that there's any pre-written playbook on how to handle them, especially because every person is different, right? Like we're all unique souls and we all have, you know, uh, different circumstances that need to be taken mm-hmm. into account. So it has been an adventure. I was just telling myself that today. I was like, man, I am in such an adventurous period of my life right now because, you know, for the audience listening, just for context, I began my career about eight years ago with a startup medical device company. It was a very innovative company in the lung cancer space. And I came on as an early stage employee to help them uh, lead sales commercially, you know? And so that was a huge transition at that point coming out of university and being thrown into the corporate world and sitting down with hospital administrators and physicians and, you know, mm-hmm. advocating for the solution that we're bringing in the market. And we just had a, a nice exit uh, earlier this year. And I got to thinking, all right, do I want to go do this again? And 
you know, try to continue to flesh out my life as a corporate professional and, you know, maybe set myself up for an opportunity to be an executive one day. You know, that, that looks nice. I've seen some of my mentors live that life and they all seem to be happy. Nobody's complaining. But, mm-hmm. you know, I've seen certain things that, again, me thinking about what I want my life to look like in five years don't necessarily align with mm-hmm. that pathway, right? And then I have to ask myself, all right, if I don't do that, what does life look like? You know, do I feel confident and capable enough to go directly to the marketplace and introduce my own offer and go at it alone, you know? And Mm -hmm. so I went back and forth that I'm not going to lie to you. I had been telling God in the universe that I wanted to go out on my own. But funny thing, funny thing that happens sometimes is when you tell God or the universe, whatever it is you believe in, whatever higher power you believe in, uh, what you want, you have tests that inevitably come your way. (laughs) So here I am saying, God, let me go out on my own. And I'm getting, you know, these opportunities for half a million dollars, you know, equity on the back. And I'm just like, geez. And so I started telling myself, okay, well, what's the worst in working another job as I continue to build my dream? And it, was my, it was my girlfriend, you know, God bless her heart. She saw me sitting at this desk where I'm sitting right now having a conversation with you prepping for one of these conversations. And I already knew I was going to get it because I had the pedigree. I had people advocating for me mm-hmm. getting ready for this, for this interview. And she's like, you look miserable. Like why do this to yourself? Wow. And I just thought to myself, like, she's got a point. I mean, <laughs> my body language was low. You know, I'm a very em- emphatic, uh, intuitive sort of person. So I know my energy, right. And Mm -hmm. I'm excited about something like my heart's going, my mind's going. But with this, I was slouched over just, you know, low level vibrational frequency. And I'm like, yeah, Carl, I think this is a test. I I think you ought to do the difficult thing. Pick up the phone, call that hiring manager right now and say, you know, you just I'm not the right guy. And so that's what I chose to do, man. And I'm so Mm -hmm. proud that I held my ground because it led me to launching the cast company, which Mm -hmm. is my business development agency, man. And, um, you know talk about transitions. It's not been an easy thing, Dan. I mean, there've been so many days where I felt like I'm just sort of hanging out in the middle of the ocean, unanchored, you know, (laughs) not really knowing what I'm supposed to be doing, not really having the frame of reference for what produces results because it's so new, but I've had to remind myself, A, this is what I want. Mm -hmm. B, you know, when you have a big goal, it's not supposed to be easy. It's not supposed mm-hmm. to be clear. It's not supposed to be a tangential path to <laughs> the North Star that you want to get to. No, it's it's supposed to be this hero's journey, if you will, mm-hmm. right? That, that, that really shows you a lot of who you really are and what's in your heart. And so I've been in a place as of late where I've just really been embracing um, you know, this part of the journey. And I've really been showing myself a great deal of humility for where I am building up Mm. on my own. And uh, I tell you every single day, man, it just, um, you know, continues to impress upon me that I am doing the right thing because I'm always waking up a little nervous, but that nervous energy is actually (laughs) excitement and it makes me feel Mm -hmm. alive. You Mm -hmm. know, back to what I said earlier on, like I feel so alive because there's so many day-to-day decisions that need to be made now Mm -hmm. that um, I'm just learning as I go. It's it's an adventure, man. And and, and that's, that's why we all buy into these entrepreneurial stories. We all love hearing about 
the hundred million dollar man or the billion dollar woman. Why? Because mm-hmm. they had so many obstacles to overcome, you know, and I think what I've learned and what I really want to impress upon the audience is the obstacle is always the way, you know, now I don't know your circumstances, you know, you, the listener, I'm not sure what your stuff is, what your baggage is. We all have stuff and baggage, you know, in order mm-hmm. to consider to see if it's the right thing for us. But hands down, the obstacle is the way. And I found that when I can look at those obstacles head on and I can move towards them, despite the fear, like I build more self-confidence, man. And things start to happen. Conversations start to happen. Deals start to come together. And, you know, before you know it, you're off to the races, man. So that that's my life on a day-to-day, man. I mean, it's very unpredictable. Had I stayed corporate, it would have been very predictable. You know, I would have been very content with my nice earnings, you know, my 20 days a year on vacation, whatever. But mm-hmm. that, that's not the life I'm here for, bro. I mean, we're only here for so long. Mm-hmm. None of us knows how long we're here for. So I'm out, I'm out to make it big, bro. I'm out to make it mm-hmm. extraordinary, to be remarkable. And I think each and every one of us has mm-hmm. that within us. It's just a matter of choosing to nurture that versus choosing mm-hmm. the path of familiarity or of comfort, if that's what you want. You know what I'm saying? So... Mm. That's what I I'm at, bro. Anybody's listening to this, they're not clicking their fingers right now, or smacking their hands, <laughs> stopping their feet, or dancing, or bar dancing. Like you, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, because um, we could feel it. We could yeah. feel the truth of what you're saying. Yeah, man. I mean, I would, I would say this. You know, if you're driving or you're going for a jog or whatever, as you're listening to this, and your heart your heart is starting to pick up a little bit. There's probably something there within you, right? That, that, that you have not taken the time to nurture or to assess. Um, anytime I feel myself resonating with somebody's message, it's typically because I see a small piece of myself within that person. Mm. You know, even you and your videos, dad, I've been, I've been looking at your videos. I just got your books the other day. Oh um, uh, yeah. You got the book. I, the book I started reading, um, Money game. Money game. You I had really a win like, with that right off the bat? <laughs> had a win with it right off the bat. I think I shared it with you, man. I mean, <laughs> you, you did the video talking about, hey, celebrate money that you find. Or, you know, I'm, yeah. I'm paraphrasing here. And yeah. I opened up my account the next day. I had a check there for $1,000 that I wasn't even <laughs> expecting. You know? And so, but, but, but even before that happened, as you were saying it, there was something physiological happen, happening within me. Mm-hmm. Right? And mm-hmm. I, think, I think all too often... We, we don't give that physiological effect enough credence. We think that it's mm. just happenstance or it's just a weird mm-hmm. circumstance. And so I really want to impress upon the listener that no, there's something that's perking you up. There's something mm-hmm. there. Just go deeper. Be willing mm-hmm. to actually commit to action, understanding mm-hmm. that that's the only way you get to see what's around the bend. You can't stay exactly. planted and try to rubberneck. You, you have to be willing <laughs> Just move bit by bit. And that's what you teach a lot, right? Move bit by bit to see what can be there. You know, Mm -hmm. so it it comes down to curiosity plus intention. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's what I want to share with folks, you know. Amazing, amazing. But I'm glad you got the book box down. Uh, Looking forward to hearing your ongoing adventures with that. Um, We had another person make it through all 15 steps. Because believe this or not, with the money game, because it's 15 steps that people go through for the whole game. A lot of people 
especially people that have a lot of bigger wins don't end up completing all 15 steps, believe it or not. A lot, a lot of people get through all 15 steps. I always love when someone gets through all 15 steps and then starts again and just keeps going in that cycle of growth and expansion around their money manifestation. I love it. I love it. I love it. Love it, man. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, I'm, I'm dude, I, I'm, I'm so down for, you know, the momentum that, uh, mm-hmm. You start to realize when when you're willing to put yourself in the game. You know, I think Mm. the hardest part is just jumping. The hardest part is just being a little crazy enough to believe that that you can actually, you know, make your dreams come true. If that's financial or that's health relationships, whatever it may be. But uh, I find that, you know, these types of systems that you've created in this book help you with the momentum. Right. And Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, human beings will always do what is in their best interest to do if there's a positive reinforcement, right? If there's a positive reinforcement in place or if there's something that they're trying to avoid relative to pain, you're gonna keep yourself on track. So I'm a big fan of keeping things simple. I'm a big fan of, you know, really um, creating a habit of discipline, you know, on a, mm-hmm. on, a, on a daily basis to just keep yourself, you know, headed in the right direction. Because at the end of the day, all you can control is what's within your ability to control. So exactly. every single day when I wake up, I've got five things that I've got to get done, mm-hmm. um, you know, in order for me to say, all right, man, you did your job today. And mm-hmm. as soon as those five things are done, you know, I, I always feel a little extra boost in confidence that again, creates that positive reinforcement to continue moving forward. So I would say that that's a nice little tip or strategy for the audience if they're having a bit of difficulty self-starting because that, that can be mm. a challenge for, Amazing. for most. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah, man. So I'm going to move forward into what you're doing now. Um, you've got specific work that you're doing right now. Um, yeah. Let's talk about where this journey has taken you so far in terms of the work that you're doing, the people that you're serving. Um, maybe someone in the audience is going to be the kind of person that you serve and someone who will be um, aligned with the work that you're doing right now. Yeah, absolutely. So I mentioned the cast company that I launched a handful of months ago, back in May of this year, actually. So it's a business development agency. And, you know, prior to launching the company, I sat back for a while and I was trying to take stock on what I was uniquely qualified to do, you know, where my inner gift in terms of my strengths really lied and and ultimately who I wanted to serve and help in the marketplace. And this was probably about a seven to nine month journey, Dan. I mean, I, I started this in the middle of COVID last year, you know, as I knew that this acquisition was getting ready to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and it took me a while because I think all too often we become so indoctrinated with our title and the roles and responsibilities that come with that title that we forget who we truly are and what our unique gifts are that we do just about better than anybody else in the Mm. world, if you will. Right. And so after taking some time, you know, in self-reflection, I realized that my gifts were really two things. One, the ability to build rapport and relationships with people very different from myself. Like I've always Mm -hmm. had no problem maneuvering through different types of rooms, you know, with Mm -hmm. older, younger, you know, different ethnicity, different race, you you name it, put me in there. I'll find a way to create a relationship. And the second Mm -hmm. revenue, you know, when I came on with that medical device company, I was, I don't know, maybe the 25th employee or so we were doing a little over a million. Mm-hmm. By the time we exited, I had helped them achieve roughly 30 million a year in, in, in recurring revenue. You know, we exited wow. for about 400 million. So 
got really good with driving revenue at the highest level, if you will, in complex mm -hmm. sales. So mm -hmm. as I was thinking about what I could do in the open market, you know, for myself and for the people that I hope to serve, one thing that I came across was uh, an article that was done by, I think, Harvard Review Business School or something mm -hmm. there along the lines of. And it was talking about the disparity of the educated Blacks that are coming into the marketplace, but the, um, the significant lack of you know, African-American CEOs or, or mm -hmm. owners of, of organizations. And so I realized, wow, we're becoming more and more educated, but why is it that we're not seeing the same level of representation in the C-suite? Why is it that we're not seeing the same level of representation, right? Just as far as uh, large scale businesses go that, that are being led by black founders, black owners, et cetera, or even minority founders or minority owners. And so I said, all right, you know, with everything going on last year in the wake of the civil unrest, we're seeing more and more organizations that are wanting to have the conversation with folks that look different from them just so they can mm -hmm. happen to that competitive advantage. Because there's a major competitive advantage to be had when you're doing business with diverse groups of people, you know? Mm -hmm. <laughs> you're able to better serve <laughs> your clients, it gives you new ideas, you know, the list mm -hmm. goes on and on. But what I realized was that a lot of these minority owners were so busy focused on survival. What does that mean? Mm -hmm. It means wearing five or six different caps within their organization, right? Just trying to keep their heads above water, just trying to mm -hmm. keep the revenue coming in so they can make payroll, so that they can take care of the next project and then rinse, wash and repeat, right? Mm. I realized that they were not actually getting out of their organizations and going to these corporations and creating relationships with outsourcing officials and with purchasing officials that can actually help them secure big level contracts that ultimately increase their position within the value chain of that organization. And so I said, ta-da, I think that's it. What have <laughs> I done very well? I, I, I've, I've done a great job of going into major organizations and getting big deals done. And it's always been done based off of building authentic and genuine relationships. So mm -hmm. that's where the idea came from. You know, my goal is to help create more large scale minority owned businesses uh, mm -hmm. within the world. Because at least here in the States, if you look at the population curves, man, in the next couple of decades, minorities will be the majority. But unfortunately, mm -hmm because many of them are not doing enough business with larger corporations, they're not being developed in an adequate fashion. And so mm -hmm. that concerns me for the economy, if mm -hmm. all of a sudden we are going to be dominating the workforce, but we haven't been developed, you know, both economically or even with skills, right, to remain a global competitor. You know, mm -hmm. you, you look at what Russia and Asia or some of those countries in Asia are doing, you know, they're developing their people, but we are not mm -hmm. doing the same. So mm -hmm. my goal is to go out there, um, collaborate with other minority support organizations that are helping these business owners with funding or with access to mentorship. And then on the back, creating revenue pipeline opportunities, right, for them to actually fulfill on those contracts, no matter what industry it is. So okay. that's what the cast company is, man. And uh, we're really here just to ignite business owners that have really had to claw up to create something of significance, but that haven't really figured out that next piece so that they can go from just surviving, but ultimately to prospering and scaling. Because that's where you really want to go. You know, if you want to be a lifestyle entrepreneur, that's one thing. But if you want to be able to have a big enough organization 
that can fulfill on big deals or actually create other job opportunities for people, you need to be of a certain size, right? Mm. And so that's that's really where we fit in the puzzle. And it's been, um, you know, it's been an awesome thing for me personally, man, because, you know, we talk about understanding that your dream is right there for you. You talk about the physiology when you feel like you're moving towards your dream. And that's what it is for me every single day now. Amazing, amazing. That just yeah. reminds me, I had, I had someone I wanted to introduce you to for your podcast. I'm going to get that hooked up. He's in the venture capitalist space. Awesome. From the DC area as well. I'm going to make that. I'm going to make that. Um, he's working on a really cool project. I, I had it down. I'm going to make sure that um, I put it in for you guys to get connected. I appreciate that, bro. Good looking out, man. Yeah, so. Of course, 100%. Absolutely, man. So, um, you know, the goal here is to build a company out right now. I've got a team of a few people that are, mm-hmm. that are helping me with this initiative. Um, but yeah, it's to really, you know, grow an organization that provides more high income earning opportunities for other people that want to go and be field representatives, actually helping facilitate these deals between the minority businesses and the larger corporations that have a variety of different supplier diversity uh, metrics that, that they want to hit. So, I, I really hope to, you know, grow it to scale and to just continue to help as many people as I can. Because that was the initial dream going back to childhood was have your cup so filled that it ultimately flows into other cups. You know, like the, the biggest mm. thing that gives me joy, biggest thing that gives me joy is um, just being able to help people get what they want, man. I mean, I've, I've made lots of money. I hope to make a lot more, but mm-hmm. I understand that you ultimately get there through serving. You know, success mm-hmm. for me is is ultimately service. So I try to find areas of opportunity that allow me to tackle big problems mm-hmm. and that allow me to help the masses. Because mm-hmm. if I can do that, everything else takes care of itself on the back end, right? Yeah, I, I think you, I think you, you would agree with that. I mean, everything Not you're doing with the books and the podcasts, yeah. like you're just Not getting yourself out there. Yeah, so we're doing a lot more TV now. I had a TV interview last week. I got another one on a CBS syndicated station coming up in September and a couple more waiting to hear back from. Um, My latest article in Entrepreneur went out this weekend. uh, That's doing really well too. But getting into these mainstream platforms and sharing this message of abundance being people's natural birthright, I think it's going to inspire people, more people to think like how we think and to go out there and effect more change because the tipping point is only going to happen if more and more people start going out there, moving towards a tipping point rather than carrying to fear or staying in survival or staying in lack. Exactly. Exactly, man. And mindset is really key, you know, mm-hmm. in terms of that equation, you know, because if you're not even thinking about getting out of survival, if it's literally survival for you is what you equate to doing business, you know, doing everything within your organization and being the bottleneck of all these different systems and processes, that's all you're ever going to get. And so that's why these types of conversations are so important, Dan. And, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, we need to be having more of these types of conversations, especially, you know, amongst people of color so that Mm -hmm. we can overcome that negative mindset that, oh, no, that's just for the white folk. (laughs) No, Mm -hmm. man, (laughs) it's not. It's It's an illusion. And it's an illusion. I feel it's a it's a it's a mind virus that I feel has taken hold too deeply and is holding more people in an illusionary prison. Is there evidence to support that theory? There's evidence to support all theories, but the only way that the evidence is going to shift, that the, the experience is going to shift and that the, uh, the the reality is going to respond differently is if more of us start refusing to accept that and start rejecting any light that we see shone on that narrative and start contributing to 
evidence to support the, the contrary. Yeah, hundred percent. You know, I think a lot of people don't realize that they have a confirmation bias, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so essentially confirmation bias is, you know, if I tell you one thing, that may be fact, but you know, you are only looking for that thing to be wrong. Well, it's probably going to end up being wrong, right? Because you just confirmed your own bias. And so <laughs> I, I, I think that, you know, more of us need to be willing to understand that, you know, we may have blind spots. We, we may have things that we don't truly and fully understand. And there's nothing wrong with that. I, I think mm-hmm. there has been this culture of, especially on, in entrepreneurship, where you don't want to show your cards. And so yeah. if there's something that you don't know, you know, it somehow makes you less than. And I don't think that's mm-hmm. the case, right? Like, if anything, we all need to be collaborating, understanding that, you know, if one man is surfing high, he's found a high tide, and we can collaborate mm-hmm. with him, we can also get on that high tide too. You know, I have this thing that I say, high tides race all ships. Yeah. And so, mm-hmm overcoming that mindset of, of lack is, is a huge one. And it's a very pervasive one too, because at least here in America, I think for so long, you'd see one person of color winning. And, and for some people, depending on their upbringing, there would be this weird delusion that, oh my God, that person's made it, they're of color, I'm of color. So now that spot is somehow spoken for. And mm-hmm. where, where do I fit in? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so what ends up happening is you're not cheering for that person or you're not looking to support that person. You know, mm-hmm. you just demonstrated the opposite of this. You said, hey, I got somebody I want you to connect with. Mm-hmm. Who knows what that'll lead to? I don't know. But mm-hmm. like, that's the mindset that we need more of. You know, we, mm-hmm. we need to be willing to open up access to more of our people as we mm-hmm. climb further up the ladder and we are provided the privilege of more access to resources, mm-hmm. people, etc. you know? So whenever I do business, man, it's a big thing to me that, all right, if I'm getting a hand up, I'm, I got to find somebody beneath me to get a, mm-hmm. a, hand, a hand down to, so they can also come up, you know, mm-hmm. that, that way it's this nice act, if you will, and make sure that everybody that has opportunities. And percent that we lift up that go beyond us too. A hundred percent, Dan, mm-hmm. that's really important too. You know, um, I'm obviously really big on laws of the universe. You know, mm-hmm. one of the other things too that folks don't realize is that if you're not going to be willing to celebrate somebody that has just accomplished a tremendous feat, you are telling the universe that you have no interest in being able to do something <laughs> similar or if not great. But literally, literally, if, 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 I, if I hear you say, oh, wow, I just got in this awesome TV syndicate and I'm being published here, there, and the other. I'm doing a book deal. And I'm like, yeah. oh man, this damn man, Gavin, he's not, a, not even a good reader. He's not even a good writer. Like, like screw yeah. this. And I'm putting that energy out. What do I expect for myself, man? No. Me as a black man, seeing you do it as a black man, like that, that should be celebrated. Cause it's like, all right, like, and I know a little bit of your story, but I'm like, yo, Dan can do this. Man, I wonder what I could do too. Yo, Dan's mm-hmm. doing that? Oh, okay. Maybe mm-hmm. what the guys on the block are saying isn't it's actually fact. Mm-hmm. Isn't correct. Mm-hmm. Exactly, man. So mm-hmm. I always think of it as a, as a major win, man, and just a, mm-hmm. a major source of hope that, again, mm-hmm. the dream is already out there. You know, mm-hmm. you've already been promised abundance. You just have mm-hmm. to be willing to put yourself in motion and go mm-hmm. out there and get it and understand mm-hmm. that the obstacles that's normal. That's another big thing that I like to do. I like to normalize my obstacles mm. because when we do that, all of a sudden victimhood mentality becomes less of the villain, right? It's like, mm. no, 
I understand what Dan had to do now, albeit Dan's journey is different from mine and, mm-hmm. and mine different from his, but he went through, you know, quite a bit of crap to get to where he's at and, and he still overcame. So should I not expect some, some difficulty and some roadblocks as well too? Like, yeah, you know, yeah. just, just stand your toes and find a way to get creative and, and solve problems, man. I mean, that's the name mm-hmm. of the game. So I'm really big on that, Dan. I mean, I hope you can hear my energy here because these are simple things, but if you don't know, you're really doing yourself a big disservice. And mm-hmm. at the end of the day, I'm, I'm, I'm really big on controlling what I can. And that mm-hmm. starts with myself. So that's why I like to share these things, you know? Come, I think you brought the fire today, man. It's, uh, <laughs> I can feel it. I'm like, I'm excited. I'm like, charged. I want, I want to go do a workout. I want to like, what's going on? No, seriously. I mean, like, what a God, like I'm really charged up right now. I really, really am. Yeah, Carl, for people who are tuning in, they want to find out more about your story. They want to tune into the podcast. Obviously, my episode will be out by the time this comes out. So yes. we'll have Duncan pop that in the show notes so people can hook into that and, and tune into what you're doing. But for people that want to follow your journey, you put some beautiful stuff on Instagram as well. What's the best place for people to just dial in and connect with you and, and keep things going? Yeah. So LinkedIn and Instagram. Um, mm-hmm. I'm at Carl.Sona on both. So that's Carl okay. with a K, K-A-R-L, Sona, mm-hmm. S-O-N-A. Also my website, we've been revamping that. We have some beautiful content getting ready to launch there. And that's just CarlSona.com. So those would be three great places to get in touch. And uh, okay. yeah, definitely happy to stay connected however I can. Beautiful. We'll make sure pop it in the show notes, bro. Any final thoughts that you want to leave with the listeners today on top yeah, of man. all of the other fire you've just been raining down? <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I just want everybody to understand that, you know, if you feel like you've somehow been forgotten or you've somehow lost your way, uh, you know, in this game of life, this beautiful game of life, because I still think it's very beautiful despite everything mm-hmm. going on. Understand that that is not the case and understand that your current circumstances do not uh, determine your future outcomes, you know, mm-hmm. as far as the next day uh, is, is to be concerned. And also understand that, you know, if you're looking at other people that are seemingly very happy in their careers and their vocations, etc., understand that that is available for you too and that each and every one of those people at some point in time were willing to bet on themselves. They were willing to mm-hmm. jump and they were willing to bet on themselves. Now, when they jumped, they probably got beat up a little bit, right? Like they, they, they probably got banged up a little bit. I heard Steve Harvey say this, you know, we all have a parachute that's promised to open. And sometimes it doesn't open immediately, but mm-hmm. if you're willing to hang in there long enough, it will open and you too will be one of those people that'll be soaring along, you know, mm-hmm. living the best that life has to offer. So figure out what's special and unique mm-hmm. to you, figure out who you want to serve, figure out mm-hmm. how you serve them, what problem you're taking on and freaking jump, man. That parachute will open up. Do it, do it in a calculated fashion, all right? But mm-hmm. just put yourself in the game and everything will slowly unfold, you know, and and, and benefit you over the course of time. Amazing, amazing, Carl. Thank you so much yeah. for coming to hang out with me today. Um, I need to talk to you. I'm doing something in person down here in Carba, and I think it would actually be epic if you've got time to come down that week. And I'm going to tell you about that in a sec. And also I want to try and get Jay down because I'd love for us to do some kind of content all together on a video that would be that'd be really amazing nice. yeah there's some cool spots here too but i'm going to talk to that that in a sec uh cool. listeners head over to carl k-a-r-l sona.com carl.son on instagram and linkedin dial in get connected um reach out 
reach out yeah. and speak to him. He's a cool, he's a very, 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 I told you at the beginning, guys, he's a beautiful soul. You will be enriched by being in a relationship with this guy. Till next time, guys, keep dreaming with your eyes open. Please do us the service of rating and reviewing this podcast. That's how people are going to know about it. This message will share. Share this episode with someone that you feel will be touched by what we've said today. And remember, you can consciously choose a more abundant, joyful, purpose-driven life. Bye for now. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Do It With Dan with your host, Daniel McGenna. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit dmpotv.com. We'll catch you on the next episode of Do It With Dan.